0: Chapter Fourteen of Facts and Fancies by Orpheus Everett This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, b c. Chapter Fourteen Darkness now obscures the distance. Still delayed, the train is standing motionless. What is the matter? comes from many lips impatient wished i'd gone afoot says one fool feared we can't make no connections says the farmer on his way to see his daughter in nebraska after midnight says the preacher arms and jaws both wide extended waking thus some drowsing sisters guess my folks is tired of waiting volunteered the fleshy woman of umbrella reputation this is nothing to what happens sometimes to me says the masher i don't mind it says the widow smiling languidly yet sweetly ancient maiden barricaded still sits upright firm and stately blooming beauty just behind her now is talking with a student on his way to kemper college she had graduated last year she tells him no not at vassar are you fond of reading he asks yes oh yes she sweetly answers of good books i'm never weary so they talk of authors poets he likes scott and she loves byron he thinks milton grand but gloomy says that shakespeare's overrated ungrammatical and vulgar hasn't read him much he couldn't she thinks tennyson has written some sweet things his Maud, for instance he has never read Maud. will though she does wish she could remember who the author is of something she has read some time somewhere an exquisite little poem oh it's ella wheeler wilcox he had never heard of ella now of novels their discourse is he likes dumas if the elder or the younger he don't know now thinks his language beautiful but doesn't care much for the story she prefers miss dinah mullock charlie bonte and miss braddon has read some of dickens tried to and so on and on they chatter having much to learn both of them that experience only teaches all the other persons mentioned in these facts and fancies either kept their seats and sat in silence or gave ear to altercation between two hot-headed parties equally equipped for battle one an a p a fanatic as unreasonable and foolish as deluded and as earnest in his quest for wrongs to right or injuries to be avenged done by the pope of rome or threatened as cervantes crazy knight was when assaulting ancient windmills and the other no less doughty in defense of pope and church was quite as ignorant and zealous quite as angry and contentious neither knew enough about the matter then in controversy to discuss the subject calmly each depended on assertions accusations and denials repetitions of old falsehoods emphasize with liar liar scripture tells us who your pope is he's the antichrist no other the dark mystery of evil scarlet woman war of babylon beast with seven heads and ten horns seen by john the revelator that's who he is and you know it said the party of the first part oh you're talking through your hat now you've have heard some preacher say that give us something common sense folks like ourselves can understand please what's the use of cramming such stuff down our throats we can't digest it said the second party Hotly, your church is corrupt, it's rotten through and through, and always has been. Its whole history is infernal, cruel, bloody, and despotic over men and over empires. It presumes to be superior to the Bible, more authentic, exercising the discretion of a sovereignty supreme in the discharge of every function oh, the bold-faced bald pretension popes and priests are all lascivious drunken avarcarious rascals and your nunneries are brothels where their sins are hid by murder these are facts if you want facts sir you don't dare to read the bible nor to say your soul's your own sir if some bloated red-nosed father as you call your priest has told you that you must not you don't dare to send your children to the best schools that the world has ever seen sir just because you know they'll find out what old humbugs and impostors your priests are and cease to mind them you can't vote for whom you please nor read nor hear without permission there you go again that's nonsense there's no truth in what you said sir i'm as free to think as you are you have no religion that's all i believe the pope and learned men who devote their lives to study of deep subjects should know more than you or i do about such things what the church says about bibles schools and other things religious i accept with thanks i've tried to think of god and heaven and hell and purgatory for myself sir but each effort proved a failure i had rather take my chances in a strong and well-built ship sir well supplied and well commanded than to dig out a canoe and try to paddle it myself sir i believe the church is holy it inculates wholesome morals it don't meddle with my business if I'm honest. I can vote for whom I choose to unrestrained, sir. And it strikes me at the same time that your popes, your Presbyterian, Methodist, Episcopal, and other lesser churches dictate what should be believed and what not tolerating no dissension with as much pride and presumption as the church of rome does ever swing and thomas briggs and smith are fresh examples of their power and their disposition likewise in the field of politics too they are always active making new laws or enforcing old ones both prescriptive and restrictive of your habits and your freedom you don't call them popes oh no and think that you are independent but you're tied up tighter now than any veil-bound sacred sister by your narrow-minded notions said the catholic contestant that's not so and you know better you're all trained to lie you jesuits emissaries of a despot who pretends that all mankind are or should be his loyal subjects there is no dependence on you you can't serve him and be trusted with our liberties a moment said the protestant defender trusted is it that you say sir who was truer to this country when it called for help from danger in the war of sixty-one sir ask your armies muster rolls sir and the gravestones of the nations holy places who were trusted if we catholics were traitors see this scar sir show me yours now and of history who stood firmest by the side of washington sir who bore hardships of campaigning and the brunt of battle longest without flinching or complaining when your protestants deserted or were mutinous and sullen what does history answer hear me irishman and catholic sir said the patriotic papist not because they loved this country but because they hated england they were fighting for the pope then not for human rights nor freedom said the a p a man loudly staff and nonsense worse than falsehood said the other quite disgusted and much more of the same tenor about equally applauded all aboard at length was shouted and the train once more in motion onward rolled its beaming headlight tunneling afar the darkness onward onward soon the wreck that long delayed us left behind was and the city hungry waiting wide-mouthed greedily devoured us five hours late but lo peoria end of chapter fourteen end of facts and fancies by orpheus everett's